Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. What's up, everybody? We're back. Um, Sorry that there was no podcast last weekend, as if anyone cares, but um, we were just really busy. And we wanted to make sure it was a good one. We weren't just putting one out there just to put it out there. So we are back. Today is the first episode of season two. We've done 10 episodes now. This is number 11 or number one in season two. Um, So yeah, today we're covering sleep and sleep hygiene. I gotta be honest, um, Jen put the team on her back for this one. I had a busy week and didn't get to do a lot of research, and she sort of just took the initiative. So I'm sort of along for the ride. I'm going to try and ask questions when she presents um, different information that I think other audience members might be having. Would you answer one question for us, though? What would you say sleep hygiene is? Um, Okay, you're putting me on the spot. But when I think about sleep hygiene, I think about, like, your habits surrounding sleep um so it sounds kind of weird it sounds like are you like musty when you go to bed like that's what I honestly first think about when I hear sleep hygiene but then what it means to me is your habits and your routine surrounding sleep and your practices when it comes to sleep so for me sleep hygiene is super important to getting consistent um and restorative sleep so my sleep hygiene consists of things like Um, I always wash my face, brush my teeth before I go to bed. I go to bed in a very dark room, um, a cold room, and I try not to use any screens before I go to bed. I just read before I go to bed. So that's sort of what my sleep hygiene consists of. And on top of that, I'm always trying to go to bed around the same time and wake up around the same time. So that's sort of what it means to me. That's sort of anecdotal, um, but... Okay. Perfect. Yeah, we're going to talk more about like sleep hygiene practices as we go along the episode. Do we want to do like a recap of what we've been doing? Yeah, let's do it. You go first. Um, basically, I nothing has changed. Um, I'm finishing school, so I'm done March 11th. I'll be officially done with all my undergrad classes, and I'm taking on a few new clients right after that, so I'm really excited. Um, about how that's gonna go and having more time to like program and work with people Um, other than that I'm I'm thinking about well I'm definitely applying to a master's program tell the people about your CEP situation can you say that one more time tell the people about your CEP situation oh that's what it's called right yeah so I'm doing an internship called the Community Equity Pipeline, and basically it's like a legislative um, internship or fellowship for BIPOC people, so indigenous people of color or people of color, Um, and recently we had our first like practice session committee meeting, which was interesting because we went to the state capitol and we all presented bills. Um, and people were pretending to be, like, community representatives and legislators, and that was, like, really fun. Um, but I, that's a year-long program, and it's, like, every other Friday. Um, but I've learned a ton, because I'm a political science major. So, like, hopefully that helps me. I don't really know what I want to do with my degree yet, but... Yeah, it should be a really good experience. Yeah, okay. What about you? Um, sort of the same old stuff. I am back in school for spring semester. Um, I have about, I have to take one class this summer. I don't have to, but I want to. But that class is going to be an opportunity to prepare for the CSCS exam, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, That's certified strength and conditioning specialist. So what we have right now, we're just certified personal trainers, which sort of gives you free reign to work with individuals or small groups. but the certified strength and conditioning specialist would allow me to get a job in a university or high school or professional setting. Um, So that's pretty sweet because if I get that, that sort of opens some doors for me if I don't decide to go immediately for higher education. So I'm excited for that class. And then I have um, 
to finish up next fall, but then I will be graduating hopefully one semester early, um, earlier than I'm supposed to. So that's pretty sweet. And then other than that, I am also, well, I don't want to throw this out there because I have a pretty full load, but I've been taking on new clients, um, starting to see some great progress with people, which is really exciting and rewarding. Um, so that's sort of what I've been doing on like the personal side and then on the more professional side, I'm still doing my internship at the training house in sports performance, which has been really cool. I'm learning a lot about how to um, train an athlete to just be able to be very well-rounded. Um, I think one thing they do that's pretty great there is no matter what sport you play, they make sure that you can move in all planes of motion, that you can accelerate and decelerate, and just that you're an athlete first um, before you are a player of any specific sport, which I think is pretty cool. And this this weekend I had the opportunity to um, work the Minnesota High School Football Combine, which is really cool. There's some great athletes there, and we got to um, – do that in the Minnesota Vikings practice facility, which is just across the street from the training house. The facilities there are unbelievable. So it's, it's pretty sweet. It's a great environment to be in. Um, and I'm learning a lot. So I've been enjoying that. Okay. Awesome. Well, I hope that you really get, I mean, I really hope that you get your CSCS cause I think that would be really cool. Yeah. And then you can write my program. Uh, just throwing this out there. If people have questions like regarding, um, kind of like the educational path or anything like that, I'd be happy to ask them because I think it would have been really helpful for me if I would have had sort of a mentor to help me navigate that because there are just so many different paths you can take um, within the field of, of fitness and strength and conditioning. So if anyone ever has questions about that, I'm happy to answer them. Um, and then I guess I forgot to mention too, just on my, my own training, when it comes to that, I've started... I haven't started dieting. That won't come for a few more weeks. Right now, I'm still just trying to get stronger, get bigger. But I've started preparing for my first physique show this summer. So my training is pretty strictly for building muscle right now. Um, I'm very tired of eating, but I am still gaining weight, getting stronger. So that's all good stuff. And I'm working with a great coach. So that's been a good experience so far as well. All right. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's hop into the episode. So as you kind of summed up, sleep hygiene comprises your um, sleep habits. Basically, it describes um, sleep ritual, I guess, and it's catered to the quality of your sleep and promoting good sleep quality. Yeah, I would say it's sort of like a precursor, like... I think there are a lot of things you can do to try to promote healthy sleep, but this one is one that's completely in your control, um, at least for most people, is the things we talked about, like having a dark room, a cold room, things like that. So it's kind of just like, like I said, a precursor to good sleep. So this is something that you want to make sure you are being active and trying to improve upon. Yeah, so before we go into that I think it's important to talk about like why we need good sleep and why sleep is important so um I actually just talked about sleep hygiene in my um sports psychology class and why it's important so there's tons of studies that show that sleep deprivation and chronic sleep chronic sleep loss can negatively impact cognitive functioning learning and memory reaction time auditory vigilance Whatever, whatever that means. And mood. And that's by, um, I'm getting this from Ma et al., 2018. Um, So a lot of the sleep studies that I read were catered to athletes and um, why sleep is so important for specifically college college students who are athletes. Um, And... What they found was, this was also coming from a study, um, I will, I'll find it really quick, but anyways, in college students, poor sleepers have been demonstrated to be associated with more physical illness, higher levels of stress, and negative mood, more than twice as likely to report 
over-the-counter or prescription stimulant medications to keep them awake and twice as likely to report using alcohol to induce sleep compared to good sleepers. Um, It also impacts your metabolism and endocrine function, which, what does that do, Roy? What does your endocrine do? Um, Basically all your hormones. So that's a huge component of sleep when it comes to melatonin and, and other things like that. So you're in trouble if your hormones are out of whack. It's basically the takeaway there. It also leads to increased preserved or blah, 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 increased pre- perceived exertion and exercise and impairs slash compromises performance outcomes in weight training. So obviously, even if you're not a college athlete and you're just really into weight training, sleep is definitely something that you need to be worried about because it has negative effects on just like being in the gym. Um, I just wanted to add slash I made an observation that like when you were describing kind of this cascade of things that happens when people start to miss out on sleep we see this as a college student you see this all the time people start to get more and more sick the the later in the semester it gets as finals approach and stress is high and like I said I it's literally like an ice age or like a cascade where you start to lose your sleep and then you start using substances or something like that to try and induce sleep and then that further throws off your hormones and and it just goes on and on so I think sleep is sort of like a foundation thing that we have more control over than we think we do some people will say that they're just not good sleepers and that while that may be true there are a lot of steps you can take to try and improve upon that yeah and we're going to be talking about that in this episode um another really shocking find for me was that chronic sleep restriction to five or even seven hours of sleep per night so like not getting the supposed eight hours and it's important to mention that not everybody is going to need um a full eight hours most people are but some people might even need more um but anyways chronic sleep restriction to five or even seven hours of sleep per night for one week has been shown to slow reaction speed and increase daytime sleepiness by 42%. That stabilized after seven after several days, although it stabilized at a reduced level. I just wanted to quickly speak to the eight hours a night um, kind of debacle because me personally with my schedule there it is physically impossible for me to get eight hours of sleep but I find myself having good energy throughout the day for the most part and I think that is because I have a consistent sleep schedule so if I am getting six or seven hours but I'm getting it I'm going to bed around the same time and waking up around the same time day in and day out I find that my energy is pretty good so I don't think it's like imperative that you get eight hours. I think it's more important that you're consistent and that you are aware of how you feel after like with certain sleep patterns because if I was getting six or seven hours and my energy was shit, then I would have to change something. But the fact that I'm doing that and I still feel pretty good day in and day out tells me that that's probably at least a decent enough amount for me. Yeah, and we're going to talk about like sleep times and how that can help you because I'm the same way. Um, and reading the research about sleep really scared me because like what we're gonna get into it a little bit. But I want people to realize that um, your mental health comes first. And if it's like physically, I don't I don't want to scare you. And I don't want to say that if you're not getting a certain amount of sleep, all of these things are gonna happen to you because there's so much that can vary in your life. Um, And sleep should not be a huge stressor for you. And like a lot of the things that we're going to talk about, um, they're relatively new studies. Obviously, sleep is important, but it's not the end of the world if you don't get eight hours sleep or if you're consistently, keyword consistently, getting six or seven hours and that works for you. Um, This episode is just to show some of the research and show how you can improve your sleep whether that be you want to get a full seven hours or you just want to improve your sleep habits so I guess to start um we'll we'll just say that it's not really about how much you sleep like if a study is saying oh you need eight hours other otherwise 
X and X is going to happen. That doesn't make sense if the quality of your sleep is bad. It's really about the quality of your sleep and not about the quantity. Um, You need restorative sleep in order for all of these effects to take place. Roy, what is restorative sleep? Um, I don't want to just talk out of the side of my neck here. Because I honestly couldn't tell you like the definition, but my best guess would be, and tell me if I'm wrong, would be like sleep that actually helps you recover from things and helps you feel alert and have energy. And I would assume that it has something to do with the good balance of REM sleep and deep sleep. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, so talking about like that balance and getting whatever your cycles in, um, I guess first to start, we should talk about sleep myths. So what is one common myth regarding sleep? I think the eight hours one is a pretty, pretty stark one. Well, that may be a good, like, I wish I could get eight hours. I just think, I think people see that and they think like, well, I can't get eight hours anyway, so I'm just going to stay up or, or things like that. And I don't think that's always the best way to go about things. What about you? Well, um, a common myth, especially in college, is that you can sleep more on the weekend to make up for lost sleep during the week. And this is technically called banking your sleep. Um, like, I'm going to sleep nine hours on Saturday um, nine hours on Sunday and then throughout the week I'm going to get like five maybe um, to a certain extent you can bank your sleep say you have like a huge tournament tomorrow and you've been consistently getting about seven hours but you want to make sure that you're really rested for tomorrow um, while you're still getting seven hours tonight you can take like a 30 minute nap Um, I guess that's not really banking your sleep. It's just kind of supplementing it and supplementing your energy for the next day. But you cannot bank your sleep during the weekend to make up for missed sleep during the week. Um, You can't account for large amounts of missed sleep. And all this is going to do is worsen your sleep pattern and and make it harder to fall asleep at a reasonable time at night. Um, Another common myth is drinking alcohol before bed. And people say that it helps them sleep. Also, a lot of college students do this. Um, wrong. In my Dwight shoot, Dwight shoot voice. False. Oh, yeah. False. Um, it disrupts your sleep cycles and takes away from the benefits of deep sleep. So it doesn't really allow you to get into that deep sleep and stay there, um, which is like arguably the most important cycle of sleep, just from what I've heard. I just think that can be so, like, just because you are slumped doesn't mean you're getting good sleep, too. I think that's something, like, I think getting good sleep means that you feel good the next day, not that, like, oh, it was so hard to get out of bed because I slept so well, things like that. I just think, and that's going to look a little different for everybody, but, I, I mean, that's alcohol is going to put you out, but that doesn't mean that you're going to sleep, you're going to get good restorative sleep like we talked about earlier. Um, so I just think that's important to point out. Um, what else did you want to cover in terms of like myths or should we get on to some recommendations for how to improve people's sleep? Uh, yeah, I think for myths, like also another thing is just any substance use before bed, um, is going to be like the same thing, basically, even, even alcohol, which we'll get, I mean, especially alcohol, but even like, um, Mary. <laughs> yeah, weed, or I'm gonna even say melatonin. Ooh, not that's... because not because it's gonna mess up your sleep, but because you can become reliant on melatonin. And a lot of people take way more melatonin than they need. And uh, so a lot of people say like, oh, it just makes me drowsy. Well, you probably don't need as much as you're taking. You're probably taking it um, in a way that's not conducive to to feeling energized the next day. With that said, I'm a pretty big advocate of melatonin just because I spoke earlier about like how I don't think at the root anyone is like a bad sleeper or anything like that. And insomnia is definitely a real thing. But my point was more 
that there are steps you can take on your own um, to try and improve that. And for me, melatonin has been a big one. I up until like maybe like three or four years ago, I really struggled with sleep. And some of that had to do with my poor habits surrounding sleep. I basically fell asleep listening to the office every night, um, which was great. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't feel great the next day. Um, my point was that I started taking melatonin and I've seen pretty good results, but what you're saying definitely has merit to it in that melatonin is a substance that our body naturally makes. Um, so if you start giving your body a substance that it naturally makes, it's probably going to cut down on the amount that it's producing just based on that feedback, knowing that you don't need more of it. So you definitely, I think what it all comes down to when, when we're talking about like sleep habits or the quality of sleep is I'm not going to say you should keep a sleep journal because I definitely don't do that. But I think you should be conscious of what you're doing surrounding your sleep habits and then how they're actually impacting the quality of your sleep. So like if you try something new the night before, like say you read before bed rather than watch Netflix, think take a second the next morning or the next day to check in with yourself and feel, and see if you feel like that actually helps the quality of your sleep. Um, and I think that's a good way to go about making decisions and forming habits when it's around sleep. Yeah, for sure. That's really smart. I, a lot of people have suggested to like, um, not to me personally, but in my classes that sleep journals are um, important and like tracking how much you're sleeping per night and then how you feel the day after and so you can also write in things like oh tonight i took five what what would it be grams of melatonin at 8 30 and i wanted to go to bed at 9 30 and this worked or this didn't work um so like that's that's a good idea i guess yeah i think in general In general, it's definitely something like being aware and keeping track of your thoughts and your emotions and like physical qualities when it comes to anything is a good idea, not just not just sleep. So um, I think being like self-aware and being able to manage your emotions and habits and things like that is good, no matter what we're talking about Um, and sleep probably more than almost anything else so that that's that um do you think we should get into giving people some recommendations on how to improve their sleep yeah so the first thing that um a lot of people mention first is create a sleep den or a sleep cave so this is somewhere that is cooler in temperature that is dark that is comfortable for you um, somewhere where you're not watching TV before bed. Um, can you think of any other ones? Yeah, there are a ton. Um, I think you nailed the biggest ones, I think, but just anecdotally, I really like, like if I have to have light, like I usually read before bed and if I have to have light, I love using like a salt lamp or something that's just, the, the idea is whatever makes you feel calm and like relaxed and sleepy, That that's what we're shooting for here. We're not shooting for anything that's going to, make you want to do anything but sleep um we i don't know if we have touched on this before but there's tons of research out there that says your bedroom should be used for two things sleep and i'll let you guess the other one intimacy Uh, (laughs) but but i feel like a lot of people say like sex but i feel like it should be intimacy because i feel like we can cuddle june bug in bed and that's and like that's yeah, no, that's, a good, that's like that's a, a good, good point. place to cuddle you but dog. i think like another place that this becomes a struggle is like in our old studio apartment i was doing my homework on the bed just because there's nowhere else to go so it's definitely tough but the idea is to create an environment i really like the term like sleep den or sleep cave like it just feels like super cozy and comfortable so i like that a lot um but i think you nailed the biggest ones the other things 
that stick out to me when it comes to like just trying to get better sleep are really trying to avoid like looking at the clock because if I'm looking at the alarm clock and thinking about how many hours of sleep I'm getting that just completely throws me off so yeah that's a big one we're gonna talk about clock watching um like anything else like and well, if we're gonna if we're gonna do it let's do it now what do you have okay. on clock watching um clock so basically it's gonna increase your brain activity like okay um objectively it's gonna increase your brain activity and it's gonna be harder to fall asleep subjectively you're gonna be like oh my god i was supposed i laid down two hours ago and i was supposed to be asleep out an hour and a half ago and now i'm panicking because i'm thinking about what i have to do tomorrow and oh look at that another half hour has passed and i'm freaking out even more now and i'm only gonna get five hours of sleep and blah 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 blah. so try your best not to check the alarm clock if you find yourself laying awake in bed get up and do something you don't want to do like fold this one lady that we were listening to said that she likes to fold the laundry or like mash her kids socks which is really tedious and hard to do um and so like if you're sleepy if you're not sleepy in in bed you should get up don't just lay there yeah and don't watch the clock just just try to get up and do something that you don't like to do yeah, and anecdotally, again, that's why I love reading. I usually pick a book that's like kind of dense that I can only get down like a few pages before I start to like lose my focus. And that's when I know, okay, it's time to put it down. It's time to go to bed. I can't even focus anymore. So that's my recommendation is try reading because even if you don't like to read, like <laughs> pick something dense and boring and it'll put you to sleep. Um Yes. And and plus, it's just hard to find time to read, especially if you're a student or really you're anyone that's busy. Like, it's really hard to make time to read. So before bed, it's pretty much my go to time for that. Yeah. Another big recommendation is getting exercise. So exercise in any form really can promote regular wake and sleep patterns as well as alleviate stretch stress, which is going to make it easier to go to sleep. Also, the physical exertion is really helpful. But avoid doing this two to three hours before bed because, um, okay, I'm not sure what study this is from. I heard my professor say it. So if I'm, I don't think I'm wrong, but um, (laughs) yeah, science. Um, An hour of evening exercise, depending on the time, can delay the onset or release of melatonin by 30 minutes. So if you are at the gym at 9 p.m. and think of this the lights at the gym are blue they are not helpful well they're not blue but the lights at our gym are super harsh I feel like so that's one thing but also your heart rate is elevated and you're kind of in like go mode and it's going to be really hard to simmer down after that I just wanted to add that well I'm sure there's validity to what in fact I know there's validity to what you're saying in that like exercising at night probably isn't great for your sleep if that was my only time to exercise I would do it and I would I would suffer the consequences so I just think that's important to acknowledge but yeah with that said though like it's for the majority of people it's not like Mm -hmm. you can get up earlier if you have to and I think a lot of people I get asked all the time like how I wake up so early and you probably do too that's this stuff directly ties into that it's it starts with good sleep and it starts with healthy like sleep patterns so I I think waking and then if you if you do get good sleep it'll just make waking up early that much easier and there are some tricks and tips to waking up early that maybe we can talk about in the future at the end of the episode but I think getting good sleep is a huge precursor to waking up early. Yeah. The thing is, if you're going to be working out at night, you have to be, you know, you can't be wondering, like, why I'm not able to fall asleep two hours after I get home from the gym. Um, You got to make a choice there. Either you, I mean, and, and a lot of people have to make that choice. And that's why, like, sleep is as important as you make it. If you function really well and you work out at night keep doing that um if that's your only time to work out I don't want to put any additional stressors on you um I'm just talking about what the research says um one more thing to add on that front is you mentioned why like getting light 
is so I, I don't know if you did actually maybe I'm tripping but I believe you mentioned like exercising outside is incredibly important because um of the ramifications for the release of melatonin so getting sunlight and getting vitamin D is really important in regulating your melatonin release. So from the pineal gland, and we won't get too deep into the weeds there, but basically not only is getting sunlight like incredibly important for your mental health, but for the function of your your endocrine system and the release of melatonin, among other things, um, getting sunlight is incredibly important. So if you are going to exercise... Well, I guess there's no sunlight at night, so that's not a good idea. But what I'm trying to say is walking outside is very important, and I think you'll see good benefits for your mental health as well as your sleep. So try and make some time, even if it's just from class, from one class to another, like try and soak up the sunlight a little bit and be grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, and you want to be exposed to that light during the daytime, but you don't want to be exposed to that blue light at nighttime. Um and so your sleep den should not have those lights in it. And another thing that a lot of people do to help them wake up early in the morning, if they're not an early uh, a morning person, is they'll get like a sun lamp. So that's telling your brain like, okay, time to wake up now. We're not sleepy anymore. I have two things to add. Um, so we've referred a lot to blue light, but just in case people are wondering, like it's no, it's not literally a blue light. It's, it has to do with like the spectrum of visibility. So again, we won't get too deep into the weeds, but I essentially it's an art it's artificial light that has different properties than natural light. And that the light that is blue light is very stimulate, stimulating to your central nervous system. Um, did you find something on it? Yeah. Well, I think like it's, I mean, it's not necessarily man-made because sunlight sunlight is the biggest source of blue light and like so that's why you should be outside during the day or or um sitting by a window if you have to um but a lot of i mean blue light is basically everywhere so when you're sleeping you just or when you're getting ready for bed like try turning off living room lights and stuff like that and making everything really dark and one of the easiest things you can do i'm sure most people already do this but it's just turn all your devices to night mode or dark mode or whatever it's called um because the more blue light that you're taking in later at night it's just kind of delaying that release of melatonin like we talked about earlier and throwing off your cycle there so you might not be as tired you might be way more tired um things like that yeah so okay so so far we've covered creating a den or a sleep cave um getting exercise uh we've briefly touched on avoiding watching tv or homework regularly in bed obviously because those aren't things that you want to associate with bedtime and blue light um trying not to have your phone or laptop directly next to you while you're sleeping so try to um put it on you know, a nightstand pretty far away where the buzzing and the blue light isn't really going to get to you. Um, and use things like the do not disturb setting, night mode, etc., like that, uh, etc. Oh, I didn't. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I have word salad. Um, I just wanted to add one more thing before we kind of wrapped up, like the getting up early part. One thing that has been super helpful for me was you, you got me that alarm clock that like you can set it to a time that it starts giving off natural light which I love but also just where I put it has been huge like I have to get up to turn it off which is really helpful because if I'm out of bed nine nine times out of ten I'm not going to get back in bed that one time out of ten um that one hurts and it does happen yeah so if you if, if you fail you know every once in a while to get up early it happens to everybody yeah and we actually talked about recently that like so I don't get up as as early as you on some days and sometimes you snooze that alarm clock and that alarm clock is the most annoying alarm clock it's like supposed to have a nice cheery tone to it but it's so loud well it's just turned up all the way so yeah, I don't and it's so annoying and pressing like I'm like damn I'm not supposed to be up for another hour all right well you got it for me so I guess I'll just throw it away. <laughs> okay. Um, just kidding. It's great. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's 
got it on Amazon. It's probably easy enough to find. Please don't yell at me. <laughs> um, okay. All right, okay. let's move on. What else? So brushing your teeth and washing your face, you're going to want to do this earlier in the evening in the evening, rather than right before bed. So a lot of people will have like a nighttime ritual. This is definitely in my nighttime ritual. So I'm, I brush my teeth, floss, wash my face, do my whole face routine. Um, I do this way too often, like right before I go to bed. And I think that I should start doing it like half an hour before just because then I'm not doing like a sleep checklist, but I'm slowly winding myself down and um, telling my body that it's time to go to bed. Um, So there's that. We're going to take a brief break. (laughs) One second. Thank you. And we're back. Okay. Um, Just a few more items on the list that we wanted to talk about. Um, Along with that, like, you're going to want to do something relaxing. Like, Roy, you were talking about reading a book. Some people might want to, I don't know, knit. I know knitting makes me (laughs) sleepy. Um, Do a coloring book. Um, Pet your dog. Pet your cat. Do something that is going to make you drowsy. Maybe fold laundry. Um, That sucks. So, yeah, a lot of experts say, like, a a half an hour before bed so you can get into bed and you're not going to fall asleep right when your head hits the pillow unless you're really sleepy, um, which is also not a good sign. Um, Another thing, um, and these are sleep hygiene guidelines from Crowhus et al., which is a 2019 study. It's um, called Wake Up Call for Collegiate Athlete Sleep, Narrative Review and Consensus Recommendations from the NCAA Inter-Association Task Force on Sleep and Wellness. Sorry, really long title. Um, So their first sleep hygiene guideline is to maintain a regular sleep schedule as much as possible, including on weekends. This means that if you are consistently getting six or seven hours of sleep to consistently get six or seven hours of sleep because your body is most used to that and it wants to go to bed, it's going to start getting you ready for bed at about the same time every night. And Roy and I always try to like watch a movie or something on the weekends (laughs) and I'm falling asleep by like 10 because that's the time I go to bed. Um, And that's just like the way it is. So, which is, it's fine. You just have to watch a movie a little earlier. Um, Do you have anything to say about that? All right, let's keep, let's keep moving. Um, So yeah, obviously the second one is to seek bright light during the day in the morning and avoid this at night as it can further delay sleep onset and the release of melatonin and then melatonin responders. Um, Keep your bedroom cool, dark, and comfortable. So that sleep cave idea that we were talking about. Um, Something that we haven't talked about yet as much is avoiding caffeine or energy drinks for at least six hours before bedtime, um, as well as nicotine and other stimulants. So if you are keeping your jewel right by your bed, um, that's probably not a great idea. Um, I just wanted to point out that we did an episode on caffeine and supplementation, but caffeine is a big focus, so if you didn't listen to that one, go listen to it. But the, a big point from that one is that the half-life of caffeine is about six hours. So if you consume if you consume 100 milligrams of caffeine, which is about the amount that's in an 8-ounce cup of coffee at 3 p.m., half of that is still in your bloodstream six hours later at 9 when you're trying to go to sleep. So it's something to keep in mind. I try and cut off most caffeine. I'll, I'll have green tea, but that's because it's a lot lower in caffeine content. Um, I'll try and cut off like coffee and other things like that by like 3 p.m. Yeah, so that's a really good point there. Um... Um, something we haven't talked about yet is avoiding alcohol as well. And we so did we talk talked about a little that. bit, I mean, yeah, we talked a little <laughs> bit about the myth part of it. I'm getting to it. Um, but you want to avoid this four to six hours before bed. And I'm not, is there a half life? I don't know. I didn't look into this, but that's just what the research says. So, you know, even though it can help you fall asleep, it impacts your sleep sleep quality, which is super counterintuitive. And um, this is hard for college students because who's going to start drinking at 5 p.m.? I really hope nobody is starting to drink at 5 (laughs) p.m. 
Um, but <laughs> honestly, this study made me like think about it differently. Like, uh, like you said, if we were gonna have wine, we should have it earlier in the day. Yeah, and you were like, "What?" And I was like, "It, it definitely." Yeah, lunchtime. <laughs> I think I think a lot of this stuff is very like idealistic, but that doesn't oh, take yeah, take away from the fact that like. The principles are sound, and you can take and leave what you want, and anything you do is gonna gonna help. So yeah, definitely. We're not so. saying that you should start. Yeah, I'm not gonna like judge you if you're drinking. I mean, that's when people drink. People go out late at, yeah. at night and drink, and, and that's okay. I'm not gonna not drink late at night if I'm going to a party. Sorry, parents. No, I mean it's just the fact of the matter. Like that's just, yeah, but um, it's still good to know. Like it's it's good to consider, and I think knowing what you're getting yourself into is always good like if you know that you're going to be drinking one night then you have you should assume that your sleep is not going to be great maybe bank some sleep sure take a 30 minute Uh, nap definitely um and we haven't talked much about napping but napping's great um that's about all there is to it if you ask me like i know just from the research i've seen that it can cause like sleep inertia which just means that you're going to be groggy so the general guidelines are to keep it to 20 20 to 30 minutes um yeah but you're you're generally gonna want to avoid napping if you're having trouble sleeping at night so like really if you have like insomnia or you just can't fall asleep at the time that you need to fall asleep i would and you're feeling tired at like two but you know you're not going to get to bed at like until like 12 i would try to avoid that nap the best you can um or just like rest set a timer for like 10 minutes and you're not going to get into that deep sleep you're just going to like rest your eyes for a bit and you might wake up feeling a little bit better so just looking at the list of of things you have on here and great job with the research i appreciate welcome you doing all that it's a, you did a good job um but just looking at like what we have yet to cover um, the only things I'm seeing on here that really we haven't touched on yet are consuming a lot of liquids right before bed or within like 30 minutes to an hour. And that could be anything. It could be alcohol. It could be water. Um, there's also a lot of research behind the fact that if you eat a lot of carbs right before bed or really a lot of anything, it may impact your sleep. Um, again, this is a very idealistic thing. I have to eat like a million Cheerios before I go to bed right now because I just I have to um, to get all my food in. So... But like I said, it's good to be aware of everything. Yeah, and there's even there's other research out there too that says like eating some carbs before bed can release serotonin, which is gonna make you feel a little calmer. So it's really finding what works for you. Like a rice crispy before bed might be nice. I mean that has like sugar in it. Uh, uh, car- carbs are sugar. Um, but and maybe you're somebody who needs to go to bed on an empty stomach or you're somebody who needs needs some carbs or needs some fat and this is also depending on what time you're waking up in the morning and what time you're working out because if you're not going to be able to eat before your workout you're going to want to have and you're working at 5 a.m you're going to want to have a meal with fat carbs and protein just because you're going to you're going to want that meal to last a little longer and it's going to take longer to digest if you have that fat in there. Yeah. I was just going to say that I think an interesting topic to cover in the future would be fasting. Um, yeah. We don't fast. We don't fast. Um, but we can definitely talk more about them in the future. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Is there anything else you want to throw out there? Um... I think no, we're, I think, I think we're good. I think we covered everything. So, like we said, like these are just some things you can implement. Um, some things you can write down and try in the future. Cross some things out if they don't work for you. Add, add your flavor. Add a cat candle. A candle's nice. Like here's my sleepy time candle. I'm gonna light this 30 minutes before I go to bed, and that's gonna be part of my bed. Uh, my bedtime ritual and it that smell helps to go to sleep so it's just little like quirky things like that like that work for you i just wanted to add that placebo is a super powerful thing too so if there is something that you feel like really helps you that we didn't mention um if you if it you feel like it helps you it's going to help you that's that's what placebo does so I think that's important to mention. And then before we sign off, um, we have started doing book, was it book, mm, TV show, and music recommendations? Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for the people? Um, 
TV show. Okay, well, I've seen The Office like six times. I just started rewatching it again. And I always ask Roy, I'm like, oh no. Okay, sorry, spoiler alert coming up. I'd be like, Roy, Jim just went to New York to interview for the job. Was it New York? Yeah. New York to interview. I wonder if he's ever going to see Pam again. Um, that's just where my life is at right now. Um, You're just pretending? I'm just pretending. We should start an office podcast. Yeah, like office ladies, but... um, The fan edition. Yeah. Um, Music recommendation... You know? Did you like Kamaya's new album? I did like Kamaya's new album. That's called Got It Made. Um, Yeah. It was pretty pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, and she she had a feature by Trina, which I thought was interesting. Um, I don't think I do... I don't have any recommendations. Yeah, I don't think... I'll, I'll When it's my turn, I'll go. You go. Oh, okay. You didn't have a book recommendation? Well, I read. <laughs> <laughs> you did not read. Um, I did read. I read some pages of David She Epps. read like half a book and then wrote a book, book report on I it. I really... Yes. But the book is great. I've also read it. Yes. What's the book? The Sports Gene by David Epstein. Fantastic um, book. Really good book. Wish I had time to read the rest of it. It'd but, be like that. Um, I'm working on my finishing up my senior composition project. So, you know, priorities. I'm reading this book called The Art of for of Self Forgetfulness. Forgiveness? And, no, forgetfulness. Like forgetting yourself and huh. and how that can make you feel. Um, Who's that by? It's by Timothy Keller. So he's like a social justice pastor who lives in some big city. But um, he, this is it's like a really small book. Um, and basically he talks about like how... Okay, this is a really controversial thing that he said, but I kind of agree with it. That like we don't really have a self-confidence problem. We kind of have a self-importance problem. Like we really think that we are really important which i mean you're important and it's important to take care of yourself but he's saying that um that it's it's not like a self-esteem issue i don't know i'm not sure i'm not sure how i feel about it yet but i'm reading it and it's it's just like um it's a small book all right your turn all right so we mentioned the kamaya album which is called got it made i thought that was pretty decent um a lot of the releases lately haven't impressed me much um a boogie with the hoodie dropped his album which i honestly think like since his first couple mixtapes it's been pretty bleak for him i haven't been a huge fan of a lot of the stuff he's put out but on his new album i like the song numbers with roddy rich and gunna a lot um i did like justin bieber's new album i thought that was pretty good um probably only like half of it was worthwhile but there were some good songs on there. Um, I also went back and listened to Rhapsody's album Eve today, which I love that album. She's amazing. We saw her in concert. If you ever get a chance to see her, she's a really good performer. But kind of how I know, like if I if an album is really quality these days, is if I go back and like I continue to listen to it after the first time it drops because it it's just so saturated and there's so music is so readily available with streaming that. I consume so much music and half of it I just end up listening to once and then never going back to it. And D Smoke's album was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good album. Yeah. Um I what's that? Is that one just called I forgot what it's called. I'll look I, it up. I'm not good with things like this. Um yeah, it was called Black Habits. Um yeah. that one's very dope. He's kinda like he's kinda got like a Kendrick Lamar vibe. He's yeah. very good. Um TV shows? TV what? shows. I just started watching the Aaron Hernandez doc, which, if you're not familiar, he was an expatriate who, um, well, got convicted of several murders, um, and the story is just insane. So it's very entertaining, very shocking, um, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. I've only watched the first part, so I can't really speak on it too much, but that's what I'm into right now. I finished The Ranch, and I cried because that was... <laughs> he did cry. I liked that show. Um, All right. And then I am reading Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, which got made into a movie. 
Why are you making that face? I'm not making any face. <laughs> Which got me into a movie with Michael B. Jordan. So after I read that, I'm going to watch the movie too. Um, and I'm excited for that. In other notes, um, there are a couple other things I just wanted to mention that are kind of like pop culture and going on right now. Um, I've been posting a lot about Mayan Burrell, the case of Mayan Burrell, who's been incarcerated for 17 years um, and was falsely accused of and convicted for a murder. And it was by Amy Klobuchar. She was the overseeing, she was the DA at the time. So this isn't a politics podcast, but be aware of the track record of the people you're voting for. And I also wanted to um, say that I really don't, I'm really, really tired of seeing Mike Bloomberg ads and the fact that he thinks he can just purchase American people is insane to me and those clips that surfaced about him speaking on his stop and frisk policy were disgusting and I will be very 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 upset if that is our nominee you should read the spatial regulation of New York City um you should read it I read it twice (laughs) um yeah I'm a political science major so like I don't really like electoral politics like that's not my area of expertise but um that's a really interesting book it it has a lot of actually about rudy giuliani in it too um if anybody's interested in that but we should go i had one more thing that i wanted to throw out there which was c what c yes i wanted to say rest in peace to pop smoke i wasn't a huge fan personally of his music but i liked his latest tape and no matter what you think about a person it's all it's never good to see someone go especially like that so rest in peace to him um and then i i just want i the kobe thing is still really weighing on me so i just wanted to again throw out our thoughts and prayers to all the families affected um yippers we will be back next week you guys you had us kind of messed up because I asked for questions and I didn't get a single one. So that hurt. Um, <laughs> so if you're listening to this, ask me a question. I don't care what it's about. He's actually crying right now. I'm not crying, but I, I'm in my feelings a little bit. I don't care. Like if you can ask Jen how she keeps her skin so gleaming. Oh. <laughs> or you can ask us. How we wake up in the morning. Yeah. Ask us anything. Um, that makes it easier for us to prep because... And we want to answer your questions. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and it, you compel us to do research. And it, it's very cool. All right. All right. So until episode 12, which is TBD. Which is season two, episode two. Season two, episode two. All right. We outie. Bye.